and my imagination just to see what he is doing. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I want to thank you all for your love, your appreciation. Did, did we have a good time on Friday celebrating Cleo and Will? That was great. And I want to thank Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda because they put that all together. And it was beautiful. It was a great time. And uh, I enjoyed it immensely. I enjoyed not doing a whole lot. Um, just to be honest with you, that's kind of nice. But amen. It was great to see you all. It was great to spend time with you. Um, there's so much that happens outside these walls. Hallelujah. Pastor Daniel is going to be sharing. We got children. You may be excused for Sunday school. Amen. So those of you that are in Sunday school, you may be excused. And uh, Pastor Daniel, I, I'm, I'm going to start calling him uh, Daniel Nine Lives Stunenberg. Because I listened last week, I was driving on the highway, and I listened to him last week, and he said something to the effect of, Olivia, I think I might be part feline. <laughs> I, I, and, and so it's like, here's Pastor Daniel Nine Lives Stunenberg. Amen. Amen. At least he didn't say five-minute mic, Dan. <laughs> um, I was just told that for $20, I could get five extra minutes. So I want to take a collection for me. <laughs> oh, I heard 100. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 30. I'll keep an eye on it. God's presence is awesome. Amen. I love worshiping. Um, and the fact that we are a house for his presence. You are the temple, the house for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we might just get caught up with the Holy Spirit, but actually if you go in the New Testament, we house the Father specifically says that and we house our lord jesus christ so god dwells in us amen and i want to last week was that an amen or not no i'll take it as an amen um i want to continue cultivating a house for his presence amen and uh I thought I was going to move on this week, but God is amazing. I, I'm, and I'm, I want to share out of Luke 10, verse 38. Um, I don't know, uh, Cora, do you mind? Are you able to throw some scripture verses up? Last week, I kind of told all of you to check up on me and scripture verses. Because, you know, sometimes I can, no, I don't. But it, it's possible for preachers to try to twist some words. So I told you guys to dig. So now I want the, the scripture verses up here on, on the screen so that you can all check up in me in real time. But I was reading one morning, and, and this scripture all of a sudden just, I don't know, you, you can read a scripture like 20 times, and then all of a sudden you read it, and these words pop out. 
And Jesus, now it came to pass. This is Luke 10, 38. It came to pass as they, the disciples and Jesus, as uh, went and he, Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Awesome. Next verse. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, here's where, well, there's a few other words, but was cumbered. How many of you have ever used that word? No, I've never. Was cumbered about much serving and came to him. She came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. And we're going to discover that word doesn't mean careful. And troubled about many things. But one thing. How many remember last week? One thing have I desired of the Lord. Amen. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So, Mom, I'm not preaching at you today. <laughs> I remember years ago, Mom had, sorry, Pastor Louise, Pastor Louise, uh, I heard her. Uh, you had mentioned one time, you got upset. Be yeah, she doesn't like this scripture. Because mom is a Martha. Pastor Louise is a Martha. But Martha was not, was not sinning. Serving is not sinning, okay? And so I'm not preaching at you, Pastor Louise, this morning. <laughs> Just amazing. I want to contrast the presence of Jesus. And I, I was reminded of, we, we did a study of the book of Galatians. And, and you know, I want to encourage all you, all of you. Sometimes you might study something or you might be asked to teach something and you study or you're going to teach a Sunday school class or, or you're, you want to share and you might study something and, and then you don't get the opportunity to share it or whatever, talk about it. I have prepared many sermons that I end up preaching to one person over coffee. I have studied, I've done word study. A word will intrigue me and I'll study it and then I'll never ever get to use it. And this was one occasion Galatians 1, it was in the greeting that Paul said, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who, I want you to catch this phrase, who gave himself for our sins so that we might, 
that he might rescue us from this evil world. I want to contrast the world and what it can do for you, to you, and the presence of the Lord. The word evil literally it comes from taskmaster. You know this world is designed not by our Lord Jesus Christ, but the evil one, the prince of the power of the air. It's designed to grind you down and chew you up, to stress you out, to create in you anxiety, to make you weary, to put burdens upon you. That is the world and its system and its ruler. It's a taskmaster. And if you're not careful, even as a Christian, you can allow those things to literally fall upon your back. Interest rates. You know how much stress I've been trying to renew a mortgage over the last two, three months and trying to qualify for renewing this mortgage. And the interest rates, the stress, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars extra a month because of these interest rates and the stress and the worry. Relationships. Concerned about certain people in my life and things that they're going through, things that are happening, decisions and choices they're making, and how it can weigh and how you begin to worry. As I was studying, the word worry, the word not from the Bible worry, the old English word worry, literally, etymologically, in its roots, means to strangle It comes from a word to strangle. That's where worry comes from. And that is the design, that is the system of this world, is to grind you down, tire you out, strangle you, to steal, to kill, and destroy. That is the world and its system. And Jesus understood this, and this is some of the last words he spoke to his disciples was, but be of good cheer. In this world, you will have trouble. There are things that are going to come at you, things that are going to come against you. But be of good cheer. Why? Because you're getting strangled? No, because I have overcome this world. Jesus said, I overcame. It means I have stripped it of its power. I have stripped it of its authority. It no longer has control. It can, if you allow it, it can affect you. But you don't have to allow it to affect you because I have overcome it and I have stripped it of its power. And how do we access that peace? How do we access that comfort? It's through the presence of the Lord in our life. It's setting 
Oh, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but listen to this powerful scripture first. And I don't want to misquote it. Look at that. It's all the way on page six. He will keep. That's good news, by the way, because I'm, I'm almost done. No. <laughs> no, we'll get back to the first five pages. Here, okay, I'm going to go to, here, point number three of last week was serve him with a willing mind. Listen to this. This is somebody speaking of the Lord. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is stayed steadfast, fully focused on him. The one who is committed to seeking his presence, pursuing his presence, living a life in communion. Mind is stayed on the Lord because he trusts and takes refuge in you, Lord. Hope and confident, confident expectation is placed on the Lord. One of the words I was studying in regards to stress, anxiety that Martha was going through, we're going to get to that in a minute. It literally meant negative expectation. I don't know if you've ever gotten into a thought process where your expectation is negative. And as a result, it creates fear. Hope is confident expectation. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your faith creates in you a confident expectation. Fear, anxiety, creates a negative expectation. And we all have a choice of which expectation we can cultivate that we will cultivate in our life. The one whose mind is set, placed, focused, will be kept in constant and perfect peace. It's one of the, we, we talked about David instructing Solomon last week. It, the scriptural foundation for, for um, my message was uh, found in 1 Chronicles 28, 9. And David is instructing Solomon in the preparation for building the temple in order to host the presence. And one of his words of instructions to his son was, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. How do you cultivate the presence of the Lord in your life, in your heart, in your mind, your will, your emotions, in your soul? That's what David is saying. Set your heart and your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Set it upon the Lord. Set your heart to seek, to pursue his presence. 
Serve him with a willing mind. Set your mind. The other phrase, and this is what I want to focus on in in this passage, is serve him with an undivided heart. A singular focus. The one thing, the one thing that Mary. Can you imagine hosting in Bible times was an honor. The Pharisees would invite Jesus, not because they liked him so much, but to have a person of that influence, to have the person of that caliber come to your house and then have that person sit next to you. Jesus talked about, I was reading a parable about Jesus saying, you know, when you get invited, go sit in a back row so that when the the host sees you, he'll pull you up and invite you to a better seat. So the Pharisees even invited Jesus So hosting was an honor. And so Martha was honored. Jesus was coming to her house. He came. Jesus, and it says that he entered into a certain village. There was a particular purpose to a certain woman. Martha, by the Holy Spirit, was directed. Jesus was directed there. And so Martha receives him. Do you realize you can receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior and yet not quite fully experience what he has for you? You can receive him into your house. I want to flash that passage back up again. You can receive him and yet not experience the fullness of what he has for you. I want to go through this passage two minutes per verse. (laughs) Ah, God is a God of miracles. (laughs) It just got to you there, hey? (laughs) Did you notice that 10-second delay? <laughs> uh, uh, go back to, uh, I want to, verse 39. Martha had a sister named Mary, which sat at Jesus' feet. And, and, and here's one of, look at her posture. There are three other times that we see this particular Mary and Martha approach Jesus. Number one here. Number two, Lazarus has died. And you know what? Martha comes and talks to Jesus. Mary comes to Jesus, and you know what she does? She falls at his feet. And the third Again, Jesus is in Bethany. This is where they live. They're visiting Simon, the leper, his house. He's been healed by now. And it says, and Martha served. And you know what Mary did? Sitting at his feet, opening a bottle of perfume, and anointing his feet. 
and heard, heard his word. I don't know, most of you have had children. How many of them hear you, but they hear you? There's a difference between hearing and hearing. In this particular passage, Martha could hear Jesus in the same house. She's bustling about and hearing Jesus, but not hearing Jesus. In this word, I'm going to read this so I don't get uh, um, sidetracked. Hearing, and in some translations, the word is listening. It's a word, akua. And in this context, it means to hear with the ear of the mind. Towards understanding. It's fun. It's interesting when you, when you, you, you study different commentaries and and uh, to see the pictures that some amazingly famous artists have drawn of this. And there's Jesus sitting, reclining, and there's Mary sitting at his feet just like awe-inspired. And then you see in the background, shadowy, Martha pouring a jug of some kind of water or something, getting things prepared. But you look at Mary and the light in the... I, I took a history of, of ancient art. I took a class in college. And so you'd notice lighting and the way the artist uses the color. And there's Mary. Her face is glowing as she is absorbing, listening to what Jesus is saying. We can... We can all have the awesome privilege of being here this morning. I actually heard one preacher say, you know, we can all be in the same worship service and somebody's chewing their gum, wondering what time they're going to get out of here because I got plans this afternoon. And the person right next to them is absorbed in worship. Are you pursuing? Are you seeking? Are you chasing after his presence? It's two totally different things to be hearing or hearing. And one of the ways to cultivate his presence is to pursue, to listen, to hear what the Spirit... Whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And that choice is up to you. You can allow the world, its system, its stress, its sphere to distract you. Oh, I get it ahead of myself. Or you can focus one thing, one thing. I'm not going to get to it this morning, but... Guess what a double-minded person receives from the Lord? Absolutely nothing. James. Actually, I just want to comment a couple things on James. 
<laughs> and I'm, I, mean, I know I get to preach next week, so whatever I don't get to say today, and I don't have to pay. I don't have to pay the 20 bucks for extra five minutes. I get next week. Um, James, you know what? I, I, it's amazing what you can, like that passage I read about uh, from Galatians. That's his introduction. Sometimes there's incredible words in an introduction. James says to the people who are scattered. Now that's in the King James Version. If you read other versions, it's to those who are in the dispersion. Well, that's a totally different word. I'm, from the Greek side, it's a totally same word. But when I read it, have you ever met somebody who is scattered? Thank you, scatterbrained, yeah. Their mind is going in how many different directions? And guess what James says? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse and different trials and temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith, it works patience, and let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire. I think that's mostly how it goes. But then he talks about if you're going to ask Ask for wisdom. If you lack something, ask. But you ask without doubt. Because if you have doubt, you're this double-minded person who is, gets tossed by the waves of the sea. And that is what you can end up like if you focus too much on this world and its systems and the evil one who is the puppet master trying to knock you off your, um, off your game, for lack of a better word. Um, kill you, steal from you, destroy you. There, the thief. And you can become double-minded, and a double-minded man wavers is scattered. And that type of person, it says right there in verse, a double-minded man, oh, yeah, I'll read, I'll read. Okay, James chapter one, verse six. The person, if you lack of wisdom, ask of God. Let him ask in faith. James chapter 1, verse 6. Let him ask in faith, not wavering, not doubting. For he that wavereth, he that doubts, is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let, ooh, sorry, I've, maybe I need to yell this. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I want to encourage you. Search, seek, pursue the presence of the Lord with single minded focus it doesn't mean that there's nothing else in your life i mean we do have to work we do have to put clothes on our back food on the table a roof over we do have things 
But what is a priority? What distracts you from the presence? You can work all day with the presence of the Lord. You can do the dishes and the laundry at home, and I know because I've done it, with the presence of the Lord. You can drive in the midst of the craziest people that Abbotsford has to offer and drive in the peace of the presence of the Lord. What is your focus? Do you allow this world and its systems and its triggers to trigger, well, no, its finger to pull your trigger? Amen. Okay, I got to get quickly to Martha and, and what she was cumbered. Martha was cumbered about with much serving. I'm just going to give you. It means to draw different ways at the same time. Scattered. It wasn't her serving that was a problem. It was what was going around on in her mind. She was drawn in different ways all at the same time. To be pulled away. And to figuratively, to distract with cares and responsibilities. You can allow the pressures of this life to trigger you to the point where you do not hear what the Lord is saying. To the point where you can not see what the Lord is doing what the Spirit is saying. And we can allow those distractions. Distractions, distraction is the process of diverting the attention of an individual or a group from a desired area of focus and thereby blocking or diminishing the reception of the desired information. Amen? <laughs> what is distracting you today? What is, you, what, is, what is drawing on your attention? I don't know what, uh, you know what, 30 years ago, it was the turkey that was in the oven that people were thinking about, oh, I hope I get home on time so I don't burn the turkey. I don't know what we do nowadays. Uh, uh, I hope I get into the lineup on time at Triple O's on my way home. I hope, I hope those 30 cars from Northview aren't in my way. I'm going to get there before there's Northviewers. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, what is distracting you, though? What draws your attention? What do you focus on? Last week, I, I, I 
put out a challenge there. Let's make this a summer to make little changes in our life where we will be cultivating the Lord's presence in our life rather than allowing the distractions, the fears, the anxieties, the scatterbrainedness that we can sometimes have take control of us. But let us cultivate our heart, our mind, our will, our emotions to the point where our focus is on his presence. Our focus is on who he is, what he means to us. The point number one I made last week was, David said to Solomon, acknowledge the Lord your God. Recognize his value to your life. Recognize his authority in your life. Recognize his importance in your life. Start by just recognizing him every morning. Every morning, wake up. My father, this morning I was on my walk. I like to try to personalize scripture. So I said, my father, who art in heaven, hallowed be. And then I just start all the different adjectives I know. Holy, revered, awesome. Worthy of worship is your name. Thy kingdom come. Your authority overshadow, overrule my life. Your authority. Let your kingdom come. Let your will. Let your desires. And I just said the Lord's Prayer. I want to challenge all of us. Do little, just little things. Change something up. Do something small this week. Just to what? Change your focus in the morning. On your way to work or wherever you might be going. Somebody cuts you off, whatever. Your focus. Your focus. You watch the news and something triggers some sort of fear. You get a phone call from a loved one and, and it triggers some sort of fear. Acknowledge the Lord your God. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Shift your focus and set your mind on him, on his power, his authority. The fact that he conquered this world. He overcame. He overcame darkness. He overcame sin. He stripped the devil of his power and authority. He took those keys back. And then he said to his disciples, all authority is mine. Now you go. Now you can go under my authority under my direction, and you can rule, you can reign. And you know, disciples, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Now you go out and you destroy. You destroy the works of the devil. Set your mind on me. Set your mind on what I've done. Set your mind on what I've overcome. Set your mind on the victory that I achieved. And in the same way that I was sent, now I'm sending you out there and walk in authority. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's start cultivating. Cultivating his presence. Acknowledge him. Single-minded focus. Pursue him. Willingly 
A willing heart, pursue him. Last week was beholding his beauty, his goodness. Inquiring, meditating, thinking on his word. Amen? Let's start making some changes. Little things, little things that can change. You know, a one degree change can totally shift your destination. Amen? Amen. Cultivate his presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Let us never take your presence for granted. But Lord, just as Mary just set her heart to sit at your feet, help us to just take our mind and set it upon you. Changing our perspective. Changing our view. Changing our expectations. From negative expectations to a confident expectation. A hope. A future. A plan that you have for each one of our lives. Everybody said? Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you.